Alrighty there, take your Bible and turn with me this morning to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Uh, we're continuing our sermon series that we've called Issues. You know, we've said, you know, just because you've got issues, it doesn't mean that you have to keep them. You know, so many of us as believers, we're carrying around things with us, baggage every day that God has never called us to carry. And matter of fact, we are beginning to believe some of the lies uh, of the devil uh, about who we are and what we have in Christ. Uh, our goal today is going to let the power of God silence the lies that the world and the devil have over our lives. You know, for whatever reason, I don't know about you, but it is so much easier to internalize, to soak in, to carry negative things, negative things that people say about you or negative attitudes. We dwell on bad stuff rather than the positive. Isn't that right? Like some of you ladies, I know you can relate to this. Imagine this week you go and get your hair did. I, 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 what is that? What are y'all doing when you do that? Fluffing it, is that, I don't know, but y'all do this, okay? Got your hair dead. And they, so you get your hair dead and you go to the office, you go to work or wherever, and then everybody's telling you how good you look. Girl, you look good. And then on the outside, you're humble. <laughs> Thank you. But on the inside, you're like, I know. I know. I know. Right? And so 10 out of 10 will say, oh, girl, you look good. I like your new haircut. Then there's that one girl. She looks at you and she goes, oh, got your haircut. And you're like, yeah. And then she says, it'll grow back. <laughs> what are you going to remember from that day? Are you going to remember the 10 that said how cute you look with your haircut? Or are you going to remember that one girl that said, it'll grow back? Right? And it's funny, I, I shared that with the first service, and I remembered when I shaved my beard off, like, like really short, not the last time when it was like, you know, Grizzly Adams, but the last time when I cut it off, it was last week. And you're probably here, and please know I didn't take it personal. Um, that's why I'm bringing it up now in front of everybody. <laughs> that's not passive-aggressive at all, is it? And, uh, but no, somebody come through, and they didn't mean this, and they're like, oh, you shaved your beard. And I was like, yeah. And then on the way out the door, the last thing I heard is, it'll grow back. <laughs> And I'm like, lady, it's my face that you hate. That's not cool. Don't tell me that. I mean, anyway, but you know the idea. We tend to remember the negative as a pastor. It could be a wonderful worship service, baptize 10 people, four families join the church, a dozen people get saved, everybody going out the door. God is good, Brother Marcus. Then that one person, that one person say something negative. And just ruin your, right? And then what do you remember? You remember the one person instead of the hundred different reasons that you've got to praise God and be grateful for his blessings. Many times we just hang on to the negative. If you're not careful, you let the one negative thing overwhelm hundreds of positives and it just affects the way you look at uh, your life. And many times as believers, we start believing things about ourselves that aren't true according to God's word. Look at this next slide right here. Let me ask you this morning, what lies are you believing today? What lies are you believing about yourself, about you, who you are in Christ today? Uh, and what we're going to do is I'm going to, 
in, our, in your notes, I've, I'm going to just identify a few very common themes that most believers, most people go through, and we're going to start there, but then we're going to look and see what God's Word actually has to say about us. So I want to encourage you, if you've got your bulletin there, your inserts, take some notes, follow along. Number one, the number one lie I can think of is this, you don't belong. You don't belong. What's sad is many people will go to a church and they'll feel like they don't belong there. Isn't that sad? I mean, it's a tragedy. You don't belong. You don't fit in. You don't belong here. You're not one of us. If you've ever heard that or experienced that, the danger of feeling like you don't belong is this. You will be tempted to conform to what belonging looks like. You'll be tempted to be conformed to what the world expects and not conformed into the image of Christ. You'll be tempted to conform and change to match a mold that somebody else has for you. It's where you try to make your actions live up to their perceived expectations. In the Old Testament, old King Saul suffered from this very thing. Look in your notes at 1 Samuel 15, 24. It says, Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in your words. Why? Because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. In other words, I was more concerned with what the people were thinking, not what God thought. So I changed and I conformed to meet those expectations. A lot of us do that, especially when you're young, like your high school years, your teenage years. I can't tell you how many adults have shared with me that when they were teenagers, they compromised their sexual purity to try to, to get along, to fit in, to be accepted. But grown-ups do things like that all, all the time, right? Grown-ups, we just do it bigger, right? Grown-ups, in order to feel like they belong, will often go into debt up into their eyeballs to buy things they can't afford, right? I've got to have a house as big as yours. I've got to have a car as new as yours. I've got to have a truck as high as yours. I've got to have a boat as new as yours, right? And the whole idea is you're trying to conform and to match an image of what you think people will accept. No matter your age or station in life, you probably felt the sting of not fitting in. Next, write this down. Also, often believers think we don't measure up. You don't measure up. If you battle with the thought of not being good enough, not measuring up, you are not alone. But the danger is you're going to try to start, you're not just conforming, you're going to start performing. You're going to fall into the performance trap. In other words, you think, okay, okay, I, I'm not good enough, I don't measure up, but I'm going to perform to such a high standard that I will, that you'll think that I measure up. You see an example of this in the Bible, this woman named Martha. Uh, she had Jesus over her house. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 38 in your notes. It says, a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, I mean, let me just kind of read between the lines here and let me tell you what we see. Uh, I just imagine if you're Martha, you're thinking, oh man, Jesus is coming over. And a lot of pressure there, right? Jesus is coming over. I got to make sure everything's perfect. Got to make sure everything's clean. Kick all the kids' toys into that room. Shut the door so Jesus doesn't see how cluttered our house usually is, right? No, we, no, we won't let Jesus in that room. And we got to fix the food. And everything's got to be perfect. And everything. And so and if I do good enough and the place is clean enough and the food is good enough and then I, I get everything together, then Jesus will like me. Then Jesus will think that I did a good job. It's the performance trap. 
If I could do everything right, then Jesus is going to be happy with me. I mean, you can hear that mentality in her life coming out. For many of you, you've probably felt like you weren't good enough or that you haven't measured up. And you're working hard to try to prove that you're good enough, that you measure up to somebody or maybe even to yourself. And for many people, it manifests itself when they're young. You think of an A student, a student that is trying to get straight A's because they think that's the only way their parents will love them and think a lot of them. And for that child that gets a straight A's to get a B might as well be an F because it's not the best and my parents only acknowledge and seem to care about the best you can see it in sports I've got to be good at sports and my daddy's not going to love me or I got to make the first chair in the band whatever it is I've got to perform and keep performing grown-ups do the same thing grown-ups fall into the performance trap too many grown-ups and some of you here this morning and I know this because we've talked about this before but if you if everything doesn't seem perfect you feel like a failure, right? It's dangerous. I know so many men that want to be the perfect provider. They're working so hard to provide, uh, to make more money for their family. When the reality is the family doesn't want more money, the family wants more of them, but they've fallen into the performance trap. I got to do, I got to do. I battle this too. I battle this personally in my own life. I want to be a, the, a perfect pastor. They're just the best preacher I want to preach the perfect sermon. But some of you have been coming long enough. We all know that's not happening. Amen? It's a trap. Even me, I, 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 you want to be the perfect parent, the perfect dad. I remember wanting to teach my children, you got to be strong. Don't be afraid of anything. And my kids were terrified of wasps, or as Scott calls them, waspers. Them waspers. Scott shared with us a couple weeks, he's so scared of wasps that when he sprays them at his house, he does it inside his truck. He drives around his house, rolls the window down, sprays the wasps and squeals and rolls the window up. That's a true story. I'm not making that up, am I? All right, and so, and I shared this earlier, but Scott doesn't know this, but many years ago, me and him used to travel and play music together. My family was with me and a, a wasp got after Scott, flew by Scott and he said, ah! I mean, he squealed, I mean, like a, well, I got like a girl, amen, he squealed, high-pitched. And then he didn't know that, but my kids have made fun of him for that ever since. And so and they did, my 10-year-old girl was like, man, I thought I was scared of wasps. I'm telling you, Scott's really scared. But my kids were deathly afraid. Anybody afraid of wasps? Be honest. Be honest, Scott, raise your hand. Good job. And, uh, and so, uh, listen, my kids were scared. So one of them fly by, and they'd want to go in. You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, there's a wasp. And I'm like, nope, there's nothing to be afraid of. And that wasp isn't going to bother you. And even if that wasp stings you, is it going to be that? You're not going to die. It won't hurt that bad. You know, I'm trying to teach them to be strong. Don't be afraid. One time we were out on a lake, and I was paddling a little flat-bottom boat. We are all in there together. Had a little pair of, like, basketball shorts on and a T-shirt. And then that wasp, that devil wasp, came in and it went up my britches, my shorts and got me in the fleshy part inside of my thigh. You know what I'm talking about? Like that, that's, and it, that thing stung me and I just went. <laughs> and then like Alicia's like, what's wrong? And I, I was like, it's wall stung me, stung me. And then she's like, oh, does it hurt? <laughs> and the kids are looking at me and I'm like, <laughs> I said, I'm just trying so, and then I didn't realize it. And that the boat was just going in circles. It was going like that. 
Listen, we fall into that performance trap. I've got to perform. I've got to be good enough. Got to be strong enough. I've got to be manly enough. I've got to be woman enough. Many, many people struggle with feeling like they don't measure up. The next lie is this. Write this down. That your life doesn't have meaning. So many believers have a difficult time finding beauty in the ordinary life serving Jesus. But many who have been rejected or abandoned, they hear that voice. Your life doesn't matter. Your life doesn't have meaning. You don't feel worthy. And so what happens is many times, they don't feel like they have meaning. They don't feel like they have worth. So they find somebody they think that gives them meaning and gives them worth. You might be able to relate to this lady. This is the, the woman that was talking to Jesus at the well. Look at it in John chapter 4, verse 17. It says, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have said, well, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. Listen, to me, it's obvious when I read that, that this woman is trying to find significance and love and meaning in these other men. She was looking for something in these relationships that she could only find in Jesus. Some of the most wonderful women I know cling to some of the most God-awful, terrible men you've ever met. Have you ever seen that? You, you know her and she just loves the Lord and she has her act together. Then you meet him. Him? This is the guy that you're putting up with all that mess from, right? I, was always, I, I, I have no issue with tattoos, but it's the kind of guy you imagine has like the, it misspelled, right? His name's Frank. It just says rank or something. You know what I mean? This is the guy. Many, many godly women and godly men, uh, men are seeking their lives into a relationship that God does not want them to have because they think he makes me feel special. He gives me meaning. If I could only have him, if I could only have her, then I'm complete. When the truth is God's word teaches us we're only complete in Christ. And what you do is you sink into this codependent lifestyle that will cost you more than you ever know unless you discover who you are in Christ. So what we want to do today, we want to shut the door on the lies of the devil, the lies of the world, and, and forget about all this emotional baggage that we're carrying around with us and get rid of them and let God's word speak to us. Because you're not who other people say you are. You are not what the devil says you are. You are who Christ says you are. So we're going to be looking at three different things. And these things are what we find when we're in Christ or in the Greek on Christos. When you're on Christos in Christ, this is what you find. Number one, write this down. You find forgiveness. You find forgiveness. You don't have to conform to the world. You need to understand that you're forgiven. Now look in your Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In Christ, you are forgiven. All of the old filth, junk, sin, dirt, stuff that you used to do, it's gone. It never happened. In God's eyes, it's, it's cast, uh, cast into the sea of his forgiveness. You're a brand new creation. The problem is for so many of us, God forgives us and then we never forgive ourselves. God forgives us, but we never forget I've done this in my own life. Sometimes you start thinking about maybe who you used to be or maybe things that you used to do and you have regret and you start feeling that guilt. You just bring it back. And the word of God says that when you give your heart to Christ, you're a new creation. And many times what we do, we take the old guy and we bring him back. And we almost start living like the old guy. I don't mean the sin or anything. I just mean we, we're living with that guilt and we feel like that's who we are. That's not who we are. That's who we were before we knew Christ. 
You're a new creation. Many of you, you're in Christ. You've been forgiven, but you haven't forgiven yourselves. And all those voices come to you. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You don't measure up. In Christ, you need to understand that you have been forgiven. And it's time to forgive yourself, get rid of that baggage, and move on. Not because you earned it, not because you're so great or so perfect or that you deserve it. You've been forgiven because of what Jesus did for you. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says this, In him... On Christos, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Let's say that verse together on count of three. One, loud and proud. Two, three. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. According to his rich, the riches of his grace. Not according to your merit, not according to your good works, not according to you performing and conforming. It's according to the riches of his grace. You have been forgiven. Now the second biblical fact, write this down. If you're in Christ, you can find security. You find security, you're secure. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, it says this. It says, now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Verse 22, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. It is guaranteed. Whenever you feel insecure, whenever you start to, uh, you're feeling like the lies of the devil are overwhelming you. Look at this next slide. You need to remember this. You are secure, not because of who you are, but because of whose you are. You are secure in Christ, not because of what you do, but because of what he's done. It's not about who you are. It's about who he is and what he has done. You are secure if you're in Christ because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives inside of you. You're secure because you have been sealed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Let me explain it like this. It's like... um. When I used to travel and play music, when Scott and Saul Paul and, and other groups that I've been in, sometimes you do like these really big shows or like these really important bands and, you know, like some big name Christian artist or something or some festival. And sometimes what they'll do is uh, they'll give you a sticker or like a, a, a laminate deal, you know, and, and it'll, say, it'll say something like uh, full access, full access. Right? And what it means is that you can go wherever you want to go. Backstage, security won't stop you or anything like that. I'll tell you what, I've, I, I'm, I like those things so much it's sinful. I loved, I loved it. I was like, yeah, put my sticker right here or my little thing, give me my thing. And I, I, I would just walk around looking for people to show it to. Right? I'd go where I knew there were some security guys over there. I'm going to go show them. Excuse me, guys. Full, full, you know, I just wanted people to see it. Look right here, full access, baby. Right? I could go. I would go where there was where like I would leave the access area and go to like where everybody was, just so they would know. I'd go out there and walk out amongst all the peasants <laughs> without a full access pass. I'd walk out there just so I could turn around and go back in. All right, here we go. Proud of my full access pass. <laughs> I forget, I, I, real talk, I think I kept one for a while. I had one. I was so proud of that thing. I was like, baby, this is going in the scrapbook right there. Let me tell you. 
Listen, you have a full access pass. In Christ, you're absolutely secure. The word of God uh, says that, you, you know, it's not about you being good enough or worthy, but you have full access. This says that you have access to the very throne room of God's grace. This says who you are. And when yourself or the world, the devil begins to tell you something different, all you need to do is go back to what the word of God says about you and who you are in Christ. You are secure in Christ. You're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the words of his testimony. Greater is he who lives in you than he who lives in the world. You are secure, because, not because of you and who you are, but because of who he is. You are secure, not because of what others think about you, not because what they say about you, but because what Christ has done for you. You have full access to every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You believe who God says you are. It doesn't matter what she says. It doesn't matter what he says. It only matters what God has said. In Christ, you find forgiveness, you find security. And number three, write this down. This is what some of you need this morning. You need freedom. You're carrying this baggage and these issues and it's just loading you down. In Christ, you find real freedom. You're absolutely and completely free. We looked at this verse last week. Look at this, John 8, 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free. What? See, so many of us, I just love that sentence and I'm going to be honest in the ground. I'm not going to get into the Greek, but listen, I love that phrase, indeed. Many believers are like, you know, if the Son makes you free, you're free. The problem is so many of us aren't free indeed. Victory, victorious living in Christ Jesus. When Jesus sets you free, he sets you free from your past. He sets you free from your regrets. He sets you free from your hurts. He sets you free from your lies. He sets you free from your dirt. In Christ, you find freedom. You're free from the voices that want to drag you down. You're free from the baggage that's wearing you down. You're free from the addictions that want to take you down. In Christ, you're free to be everything that God has created you to be. I am who Christ says I am. I don't even have to worry about guarding my reputation because it's not my reputation that matters. It's his reputation that matters. And our God is big enough. He's good enough. He's strong enough. And he is holy enough to take care of his reputation. He doesn't need me to do it for him. So no longer am I going to carry the burden of who people think I am, what people expect of me, or what they say about me. I've got my all-access pass, and it says that I'm a victorious child of the king. No longer do I have to conform to the world or perform to its standards. Never satisfied. You try that. You fall into the performance trap. Today's performance won't be good enough for tomorrow. You change to be like the people around you. They're just going to change again. You, it'll never be enough. You can be free. And if you're tempted into sliding back and believing what the devil and the world says about you when you're in Christ, maybe that you can't be forgiven, that you can't be secure, and that you can't really have freedom. Remember this verse, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Paul says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And then it says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. 
The word of God, his word says that you are forgiven, you're secure, and you're free when you're in him. And if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. You do not have to live life with all these baggage and all these issues that are dragging you down. You can have freedom and security and peace in Christ Jesus on Christus. Are you in Christ or is God speaking to you and you know that you don't have that and that's why you don't have that security, you don't have that forgiveness and you don't have that freedom? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we ask that just right now in your presence that you would do a work here amongst your people and others, God, that only you can do in a very real way. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed, no looking around uh, this morning. Just assume a posture of prayer. Be respectful of those around you. Listen, as you kind of reflect, you're here, you know that you're saved. Maybe this, that sentence describes you really well. You know that you're free, but your life, your, the attitude of your heart, the posture of your life doesn't reflect that you're free indeed. You know that you're saved, but you've been be just believing the lies of the devil that you don't belong, that you're not good enough, that you don't measure up. It's time for you to find healing this morning. You need to replace the lies that you've been telling yourself with the truth from God's word. If those of you here this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, there's those of you this morning, and maybe there's just something going on, there's some issues, some baggage, and you just, you just want to say, you know, Pastor Marcus, will you just pray for me? Pray that I'll be healed from this emotional or spiritual baggage that I'm carrying around, my issues. Pastor Marcus, will you pray? I, just, I, want, I don't just want to be free. I want to be free indeed. And there's something, you just want to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to pray with you. If that's your prayer, will you slip your hand up at your seat right now? All over the sanctuary. I said, all over the sanctuary. Let's, let's pray together. Father God, I just pray for every spiritual need, every emotional need. God, that you'll forgive us of our sin. God, you'll forgive us for focusing on things that aren't true and ignoring who you say we are in your word. God, give us the wisdom to focus on your truth. Get, help us to live a life of forgiveness. Lord, help us to forgive others. God, help us to forgive ourselves. Lord, help us to walk in the victory that you've given us. Lord, remind us again how much you love us and how special it is to just to be a child of the King. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed. You keep praying this morning. For some of you, you know that you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ. You're not saved. You know, there's that thing in your heart. You're thinking to yourself, I'm not good enough and I don't measure up. And there's a lie that the devil keeps telling you. You keep telling yourself, I'm going to straighten up and come to Jesus. I'm going to clean up and come to you're, you're like Martha. You're getting busy with preparations. You're, you're forever preparing to get saved and never surrendering your heart to Christ. There is nothing that you can do to prepare to give your heart to Christ. Let me do you feel unworthy? Do you feel undeserving? That's actually really good news because that's the first step. The first thing that we have to do to give our heart to Christ is to recognize that we're sinners 
If you don't recognize and acknowledge your sin, what is he saving you from? Do you know that you're a sinner this morning? Do you recognize your sinfulness? Listen, this morning you can know for the first time in your life what it means to be forgiven. To be secure and to be free. Look up for just a second. You know, the good news is is that it's not about us. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. Matter of fact, we talked about being sinners. We talk about this all the time here. But if you're being honest, every person in here would have to admit, just being honest with yourself. Many people think, you know, I can clean up and do right and do good and, and God will be happy with me. I can do enough work. I'll perform. I'll perform. I'll perform. I'll give. I'll serve. I'll be a good person. The scripture's clear. If you're apart from Christ, not on Christos, apart from Christ, if you're to stand before God on the day of judgment, everybody in here would have to admit, I've lied, haven't you? I've stolen. You've taken something that didn't belong to you. Maybe it was something small. Maybe it was something big. You've used God's name in an unworthy manner. You know you have. That's blasphemy. God takes his name very seriously. The Bible says that all blasphemers will have their part in the lake of fire. That's how serious God takes his name. All blasphemers will have their part in the lake of fire. And if you're very old at all in here, you'd have to admit, Jesus said, when you look at a woman and you lust after her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. See, we always think that Jesus somehow came and lowered the standard and that sin is okay. Every time Jesus was confronted with an issue, he didn't lower it, he raised it. The Pharisees are like, oh, don't commit adultery. They're talking about the physical act. And Jesus says, no, man, it's your heart. If you, if you look at a woman with lust and commit adultery with her in your heart, you've committed adultery with her in your heart when you look at her with lust. So if we're being honest, if you're just being real, you're, uh, if you stand before God on the day of judgment and you're not in Christ, you're going to stand there as a lion, thieving, blaspheming, adulterator at heart. And do you really think that God is going to find you blameless just because you've done some nice things? No. A holy, righteous God, our perfect judge, would never find you not guilty for that. And the truth is, perfection is a standard that you can't match, you can't reach. That's why you need Jesus. And you're like, well, I'm not worthy. You're not. That's what's amazing. Look at this verse. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That whoever, that's the most, oh, that's, that's an amazing word. Whoever. What's so amazing about it is that means you. And that means me, whoever. Brother Marcus, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've seen. You don't know where I've been. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. All that matters right now in this moment is you know I'm a sinner and I need to be forgiven. 